0: It's really lovely to have someone in my corner, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, I'm used to doing everything myself. So it's it's
1: nice to have an ally. It's a weird thing because like you put a lot of time and effort and you make something, you make a podcast, you make a short, you make a film, whatever it is. And then now you got to figure out how to market the stupid thing. (laughs) right? Exactly. Exactly. And then like you have all these skills because you're you're a good actor, you're a good director, all that stuff. So you have these skills, you can make these things. And then now you got to like, now what do I do? Like, how do I get this to people?
0: Exactly well, and also the the process Winnie we're talking about you and i'm I'm bragging about how wonderful you are. Um, but I concur though it's she's amazing uh, and making a film, especially a film like this one is really personal mm-hmm. and it's really it feels very vulnerable to put it out in the world. Mm-hmm. and I am uh, like a lot of women and a lot of female filmmakers, a lot of filmmakers generally very bad at promoting. Them. So having Winnie, on board is like the angels sing and the, the clouds part and the light shines down and I'm just like, ah.
1: Yo, welcome to My Summer Layer. I'm your host, Sammy. Let's raise a cold one to this episode, Yunnan. Cold is a body horror short that'll have its world premiere at Blood in the Snow Film Festival. The links are, of course... At mysummerlayer.com. A quick snapshot of cold. Jane likes things to be clean. Jane has just turned 40. Jane died sometime last week. Indeed, Jane is part of the Walking Dead who roamed the earth. I think the hardest thing for a zombie is social mimicry to fit in. Though, thankfully, Jane, as a woman living in this hectic society, has had years of practice, years of faking it, and years of trying to fit in. Jane's doctor, her friends, her partner, they all tell her it's normal. This change happens to a woman of a certain age. How do you help someone when you can't talk about the things they need help with? All of this is just a Costco sample of what's going on in Cold playing at Blood in the Snow. I'll let Liz Whitmer unpack Cold, as she is the writer, director, and producer of this memorable project. It all flows and comes out of her own experiences as a woman and as an actor. If you don't know Liz by name, you certainly know her by face. As an actor, she's been in uh, being Erica, 12 Monkeys, Suits, Designated Survivor. Handmaid's Tale, Titans, and more, including an utterly fantastic episode of Supernatural, Hollywood Babylon. Do you remember this one? This is the meta episode where Sam and Dean go undercover on the set of Hell Hazers 2, The Reckoning, to determine if the ghosts are real or not. If you adored that episode, you'll recall how much Dean enjoyed being a PA and eating so much food. I am totally 100% Team Dean. Supernatural is an excellent way to kick off this warm conversation with Liz Whitmer about her cold movie. Yeah, there's going to be a couple more puns coming. There's not much I can do about all that. But seriously, stay tuned. This will be fun. Sound, the final
0: frontier. My summer lair is an enterprise, a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host,
1: Sammy Yunan. We'll jump in if that's cool and like just kind of yeah. talk about it. So it'll be like a cold opening, I guess. There we go. Nice little. Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Um, cold open. I see what you did there. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. I, I have my moments here and there. <laughs> Um, so Liz you're having an amazing fall because the drop a series you executive produce won best yeah. Toronto web series at TL web fest to webfest is a fantastic uh, conference uh, but you don't at least to me you don't seem like a sneakerhead is is that out of line did I drop <laughs> the ball already on the interview oh I see what you did there too
0: um I am not a sneakerhead and I relied heavily on the creative team behind the drop to mm-hmm. to Keep me informed. I feel like maybe some of their coolness rubbed off on me. I hope that's my okay. My hope and my dream. Cool yeah. by association. It's, it's not my uh,
1: exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. like
0: cool osmosis. Maybe.
1: Okay, that's a cool title. So, <laughs> it, it, in the popular supernatural episode, Hollywood Babylon, you played Taylor mm-hmm. eventually a uh, a scream queen. So that episode has a lot of humor because the boys Sam and Dean uh, were not used to sets. Right. They didn't know what a PA was and they had to get used to how this like world worked. Uh, to me, that kind of mirrors your latest career direction as you're going to like directing and producing and writing like you're like, in a sense, mirroring Sam and Dean, but just with less body count, obviously.
0: Yeah. Fewer fewer corpses. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed that that trend continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. a It's a little bit like that. I would say uh, Hollywood Babylon was so fun because we got to play with so many inside jokes and kind of poke fun at the high level executives in Hollywood who are not always making a lot of sense mm-hmm. when they you know when they give notes about stuff um and I'm lucky in that most of the directing and writing work that I've done I've been in complete creative control it's been lovely so I haven't actually had to answer to Hollywood suits when it comes to me being behind the camera
1: That is a nice bit of freedom, because I would assume you've been acting for a while now. Like you've done Mm -hmm. like Titans, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, We mentioned Supernatural, uh, Designated Survivor is another one. Like you've been acting for a while. So I would assume that you've kind of been put into a type of like type basically or a box as like this is your type as a woman, as an actor, whatever. This is your type. Is that accurate? or? Absolutely. And
0: it was I felt it really strongly when I was in my uh, early to mid 20s. Before I had kids, mm-hmm. there was a very specific kind of character I went out for, and it was kind of the Venn diagram was like genetically altered super soldier meets uh, the other woman meets like the bitchy secretary. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> I was getting cast as kind of you know women with power mm-hmm. or or comedic mm-hmm. um, who didn't always have the best intentions, and that was a that's a real narrow road to hoe. That's mm-hmm. a really specific hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen this with, like, Adam Sandler. It's taken him a while to do, like, more drama, more serious stuff, right? But we mm-hmm. still think of him as, like, a comedy, goofy dude. Yeah. So now, as you're, like, doing more directing and writing-producing, does that, those activities, the writing, to the producing, the directing, does that give you more freedom from your type?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that's part of why I started doing it. I got really frustrated with the narrowness of my lane, and... Uh, I mean, I always have fun as a performer. I love acting, but Mm -hmm. it is a bit passive. You have to wait for someone to give you permission to do Mm -hmm. the thing. And with writing, producing, directing, I get to make the choice to initiate a project. And then I have the job of making, you know, the funding come together and all of that. But I get to initiate and I get to get down in the mud and mold the thing into what it can be. And it means that I can tell the stories that I wish I could see on TV. A lot of those stories are about, you know, women at the end of their rope or you know women on the brink Mm. (laughs) that's that's mostly what i want to see on tv because i want to see myself reflected back
1: yeah i would assume like just continue like this part on the on being a type or having your like venn diagram there would be a certain point too where it would be quote unquote over right whereas with directing you can like like spielberg and other guys are just keep going into their 60s and 70s like scorsese just put out something right like there's no necessarily over for directing, but for your type or your Venn diagram of your characters, it could potentially be over.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm certainly, so I I saw a shift for my type as a performer. Mm -hmm. As soon as I had kids, all the breakdowns started, they stopped saying, you know, super soldier. And they started saying tired mom, you know, (laughs) like it, everything shifted real quick because I was presenting something different to the camera. Um, and you're right. Getting behind the camera was largely motivated by, the longer shelf life mm-hmm. of being a,
1: a visual creative as opposed to the thing being looked at. And these stories like that you want to tell, your latest project is Cold. It's a short playing yes. at the uh, Mournful uh, Mediums at a uh, short program at Bits, Blood in the Snow Film Festival. So how would you describe Cold? Because there's a bunch of stuff that's going on in there.
0: Uh, it's interesting. So I wrote Cold as a tragedy. It's it's about a woman who died last week and didn't notice. And then her body starts to fall apart. She starts decomposing and no one in her life will admit that there's anything wrong with her. And that, that concept is a very sad concept mm-hmm. to me. And then as I wrote it and started sharing it around, it was interesting to see the reception that it got. A lot of the, the men that I showed it to you thought it was a comedy. They thought it was really funny. And a lot of the women that I showed it to were like, this is devastating. Oh, my God. (laughs) So it's been a little divisive, a little bit like it splits everyone into two camps. And it's interesting to see who laughs and who doesn't laugh. Mm -hmm. So to describe Cold, a a friend of mine called it an emotional zombie movie. It's like, what, what would it feel like to be dead and still walking?
1: Yeah, because nobody wants to be that person that dies in the apartment, and then nobody notices yeah. until like the stink or whatever, and like the neighbor like a month later, <laughs> right? The stink is too strong, and then they're like, "I think we should call somebody," right? Like nobody wants yes. to end up in those kind of positions. But you either sometimes either end up in those positions physically or sometimes emotionally, as you, you're kind of getting at.
0: Exactly. Yeah, this was meant to be like a visual allegory for what it feels like to have a depressive episode, essentially, because you feel. It can, uh, being severely depressed can manifest physically. It can make you feel like your body isn't your own anymore. It can make you feel like you can't move the way you want to. Um, In my case, the event that happened that inspired the film, I couldn't get weak and like I was actually coming apart. It was a terrible feeling and I was so lucky to be able to channel it into this creative outlet that seems to be resonating with folks. People seem to be getting something out of it. It's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. Was that uh, like a goal or was it just like because you alluded to at the beginning, like that you wanted to tell these type of stories. So you had this story. Mm -hmm. Were you aware? Were you hoping for this kind of audience connection or even just being like divisive in a sense? Not that you can necessarily always aim for that. But are you aware when you're working with the material, it's kind of like radioactive?
0: Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, if it sparks me up and then if I because I when I pitched it around initially, I just pitched a paragraph. I shared it with a couple of people I'm close to and I was like, is this something, is this, is there anything here? Is this resonating for you too? Or have I gone so far down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. that I've lost my connection with like what resonates? And the response that I got was so strong and so overwhelmingly positive. People were reading the paragraph and jumping into the project with both feet, even without a script yet. Mm -hmm. So that told me there was something there that was, you know, when you, when you, um, Hit like a tuning fork, and it makes another resonator in the room go. Ping. It, that was the sensation. I felt like a tuning fork, and I felt like I was causing a
1: resonance in other people. Uh, and that's that's really what told me to move forward. That's a good feeling. It also reminds me of like comedians when they kind of like work a joke. They kind of know when it's yeah. starting to work, right? Or when exactly. joke, it has to be retired. Like this doesn't work. Nobody gets this pizza <laughs> joke, right? Like so, then they kind <laughs> yeah. of move on. Right. Yeah, I get exactly. It. And so, as you said, people are jumping in to like participate and work on the film. Cold has a fantastic cast. Uh, do you want to just share they some do. of the people who are in the, yes. the film?
0: Yes. Um, so Melanie Scrofano plays Jane, our, our woman who died last week and didn't notice. Uh, Sean Bayek plays Theo, her adoring partner who just doesn't have the tools to help her. Mm mm-hmm. um, Stephanie Belding and Raisa Kondraki play Jane's best friends, who also don't admit that there's anything wrong with her. <laughs> um, Peter Callahan is Jane's doctor, and he means well, but man, he's he's not getting it. Uh, and then finally, Jane goes for a manicure, and our manicurist Serena is played by Chelsea Muirhead.
1: You mentioned that the doctor was it, yeah, on his desk. I think it had a phrase that said uh, "think positive." stay positive stay positive that that's was it right yeah All right and it was just kind of like he was really dismissive and i was wondering too if that's <laughs> also like part of the experience as you said like there's a feminine women kind of point of view that you're trying to get across in this in the short and i was wondering if that's also like you know the obtuse doctor is part of the experience
0: it is very much so and it's Part of the message of the film is a commentary on the medical gaslighting that women experience. So it's really common for a woman with a so-called woman's problem, like Mm -hmm. menopause or fibroids or whatever. It has to do with a female reproductive system. Chances are it's going to take two to ten years to get an appropriate diagnosis. And that's repeated visits to repeated medical professionals who mostly want to tell you it's anxiety or who mostly want to prescribe an antidepressant. So that Peter's role, and he did such a beautiful job of embodying that condescending, dismissive mm-hmm. medical professional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he He's really embodying that whole side of medicine that doesn't pay attention to women's health.
1: Stay positive. Stay positive. <laughs> don't think too hard. Do some yoga. You right.
0: know. Don't worry your pretty little head.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. And like, I don't want to give away too much, but since you mentioned the yoga, Like when you posted this um, on IG, one of the hashtags you use was uh, toxic positivity. And that yoga scene was kind of like, it came back to me because it's like, I don't want to give away too much, but it starts off with yoga and it ends up with duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. The yoga does not help. No, it's not the appropriate intervention. So what did you mean by, by tagging or hashtagging toxic positivity?
0: Uh, I think there's a tendency to avoid difficult issues and particularly, again, when women talk about, you know, I'm having a big problem, I'm desperate, I'm in crisis, mm-hmm. the response that you get from from society and from doctors and from sometimes psychiatrists even is, well, just smile more. Just try to think, aren't you glad that you have a roof over your head? Aren't you <laughs> feeling lucky that you have groceries in the fridge and that, or, you know, do a gratitude journal or do a meditate more. And it's these things when what's needed is an actual intervention. What Jane actually needs is like formaldehyde or something like she (laughs) needs or a casket. She doesn't need yoga. Mm -hmm. She needs someone to say, yes, you're actually deceased. Uh, This is crazy. Let's
1: figure it out. What is it that makes it so difficult to like, have these frank conversations with women as you said like the doctor is is gaslighting and just like stay positive and like in this short cold like nobody can just like tap on the shoulder and like by the way you're dead like why are these conversations so difficult to have
0: uh i feel like for some folks it's easier to ignore a problem than it is to acknowledge it especially if they themselves are implicated in the problem Mm. so if if someone i know is having whatever their crisis is, whatever their health problem or mental problem is, and I recognize myself in that problem, my survival instinct might be to deflect and look away or to say, no, it's not that bad because I'm getting through it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be fine. Uh, And so that's, I feel like that's a big piece of it. I read a study recently that said that something like 40%, it's like a meta study, 40% of respondents will actively avoid learning new information if they think it'll require them to change their behavior
1: yeah that makes because sense part
0: of human nature we stick our heads in the sand we don't want to look at the hard truth mm-hmm. and and people who've gone through like cancer treatment and so on also learn that because a lot of friends just kind of fall away they can't look at the difficult thing they can't be present for the ugly time
1: the cancer thing is a, is a great example because like we've known for years that like smoking causes lung cancer and other like yes. ailments but people, for whatever variety of reasons, some of them are include addiction, but people just continue to smoke. That's right. Right? Like, yeah. So you already know, like you said, you have this information up front. <laughs> like you know kind of <laughs> what you're getting into, right? Especially now because you can Google yeah. things and whatever. But people are still like, yeah, I'm going to keep smoking. Like I don't want to change my quote-unquote behavior. This is what you're getting at.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and and a lot of people need to be personally affected by something before they'll take any action about it. So it's not enough to read, you know, like you said, smoking causes cancer. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Often you have to lose a family member or yourself be diagnosed or develop emphysema or something. You know, the people need that personal impact. They need the tactile experience of cause and effect. And even then, even then, you know, there's that iconic image of someone with an oxygen cannula in their nose Mm -hmm. and the little
1: tank smoking a cigarette, right? right?
0: Like continuing the habit.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just also human nature because it's like, this could never happen here. I think that's also what the, the characters in cold were struggling with, like with her husband, for example, yes. like he couldn't get past the idea that it could happen here. Maybe this happens to other yes. people or you see something on CNN or something, right? And we're like, well, yeah. that happens in like Baltimore, some faraway place that you never been <laughs> to, right? But the idea that it happens here in your neighborhood or in your home is like a, sometimes yeah. hard to process.
0: And Theo, the character Theo is not a bad person. He's trying his best to help. He's just got the wrong toolbox. And he can't like he's trying to treat the problem with mm, cupcakes. <laughs> you know? Like he's he's yeah. offering And a little bit of romance and, too. And a little bit of romance. He's looking for connection, but he's so disconnected from what Jane's experience is. And I think that's but Sean and I spoke a lot about the experience of being a caregiver for a a loved one who is having an experience you cannot relate to. Mm-hmm.
1: How
0: do you how do you stay present for that person? How do you actually meet them where they are? And in the case of cold, Theo does not succeed in meeting Jane where she is. Uh, but it, it felt like a evocative image,
1: yeah, for, for Theo. And Sean did a great job because he's been nominated for Best Supporting Acting Performance in a short film. That's
0: right. Yes.
1: Which is great. So you'll have to give him a high five next time you see him.
0: I'm so excited. I texted him all caps. The big congratulations. Sean, you've been nominated. Ah! He did such a beautiful, understated performance. I was so delighted that he decided to join us and and be part of the film.
1: But that experience you're talking about is like uh, crucial because like, you know, if you have a relative, like an aunt or something like that, who develops Alzheimer's disease and her mind starts to go, you sometimes mm. don't know how to respond to her. Like, yeah. We tend to sometimes isolate a lot of things, right? Like, generally, yeah. we don't hang out with a lot of people who are deaf or blind or any of those kind of things. Most of us don't. Right. And we don't yeah. see or encounter these people on a regular basis. Like I have a friend who's blind and I see the reactions that he gets, like the way the people like start talking loudly. I'm like, he's blind. What? He can hear. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, they, and they don't know what to say. Like, there's a couch right here. And it's like he's got a stick. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. those things, too, like they create a panic in us because yeah. it's like we don't know what to do. It's the same thing, like, I don't know how to do CPR. So if somebody fell down and started, like, drowning or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm useless. Like, I can't help you. Right. Well, and people, I mean, fear is a big motivator for these kind of
0: avoidant or denial behaviors that people have around disabled people, around ill people, around anyone who's struggling. Um, Your example of Alzheimer's is a great one. People don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And because fear is a difficult feeling and discomfort, is uncomfortable. Right. That's when all the avoidance comes up, right? It's just easier to not engage. And then what ends up happening to the person who is suffering is all of a sudden they're alone. They yeah. don't have anyone who's willing to engage with them. And I'm not saying that all people are bad. Some people are absolutely competent and able to jump in and be in the difficult moment and, mm-hmm. and stay with that person. But it's, it, it can be really distressing when your loved ones just kind of fall away because they're uncomfortable.
1: And then you're like, yeah, but I'm the one in the hospital, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But does that acceptance also have to come for the person who's sick? Like in this case of cold, the main character, like do they eventually have to accept that they're, they're dead?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think without giving too much away, that's what happens by the end of it. So they, that, the final images of the film have to do with, uh, and you said, I could swear. So I'm gonna, um, the was pre- specific to women, we get into our forties and, I've heard them referred to as the fuck it years. Mm-hmm. Like, you stop caring what other people think. So by the end of the film, Jane has, like, tipped over. She's tried the yoga. She's tried the lotions and the creams. She's tried the the hot bath. You know, she's trying all the things that everyone tells her should help. The duct tape. And then finally, and duct tape. Well, nobody tells her to try duct tape. She's kind of a DIY <laughs> yes. crafty person for yeah. that one. Super creepy, um, yeah. But she's... <laughs> But by the end of it, it's clear none of these interventions are working and it's unsustainable. And she just kind of tips over and gives into it. And I feel like there's some freedom in that. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a, I'm just going to lean into it. I'm not going to try to hang on to 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm just going to be where I am now. And where I am now is really dramatically different than where I was before.
1: And that brings us full circle to what you were talking about before, where the freedom to like write and direct, like you're telling your own stories. You know what I mean? You don't have to like force yourself to go to like casting agents and things like this. And like, I can play this role, I can do these things, or whatever. Like, you you now have this freedom to like do the work that you want to do and tell the stories that you want to tell. Exactly, and like I started being told I was too old for
0: things when I was 27 years old. Wow. That I was too old to to be relevant when I was 27.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really invested in telling stories about women who are not 27, who are older than 27, who are older than 40, 50, 60, 70, who are living these large, audacious lives and who are having big adventures and are allowed to be ugly, are allowed to be vicious and like unlikable and weird. And messy too. And messy, yes exactly yeah yeah
1: because i mean a lot of like uh images of women in real life and in film obviously but is both of them is that they're well put together the hair is nice yeah like you know what i mean like the outfit is nice they smell good like it's all like (laughs) right well
0: it's being put on a pedestal right women end up on a pedestal and if you don't live up to that expectation there's something wrong with you but we're all just people right Mm -hmm. it's just human and flawed
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of nice when, like, a girl's comfortable around you enough to, like, I'm just going to wear, like, sweatpants now, right? Yeah. You you don't have to, there's all that stress and everything else is kind of gone. It's like, I'm going to just chill now. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. I'm here for it. Yeah. Bring on the sweatpants. That should be the tagline. Uh, So (laughs) for Cold, we'll have its premiere at Blood in the Snow, which is an amazing festival in downtown Toronto. If anybody's never been, you should go. It's a fantastic audience as well. Are you submitting cold to additional film festivals and hoping to make the rounds? Oh yes. Yeah. I've got my, my two lists. One is like the every filmmaker
0: dreams to get into these festivals. So, you know, Berlin and Austin, all of those. Mm -hmm. And then there's the like women specific and genre specific festivals, Uh, because women in horror are still a fairly rare subset of the filmmaking population. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing who else is in that pocket with me.
1: Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. And then as now, like, you got this project under your belt, are you feeling more confident as a writer and as a director and you want to tackle, like, a feature now or you want to keep doing shorts, kind of experiment or...
0: You know, feature next for sure. And I want to do a feature version of Cold because I think there's a lot more to explore. This is what happens to a woman who died last week and didn't notice who has kids. Mm -hmm. What happens to her children? How do they navigate that? How does... How does the world shape itself around someone who's having this crisis experience? Uh, And I think I think there's something interesting to mine there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Liz, for like hanging out. We covered quite a bit (laughs) like we uh, did. We went all the way around the world. That was amazing, Sammy. Thank you so much. No, thank you for hanging out. So, yeah, Cold is playing at Blood in the Snow. Uh, I will obviously put a link for it so then people can kind of go check it out. Uh, But congratulations on, like, continuing on in this path. Because to transition from acting into, like, producing and writing and directing, those are a lot more, like, technical challenges. Because sometimes with an actor, you just show up, you just do your lines, and then you just go home. You don't have to, like, figure out or, like, worry that the sun is going down and you're running out of daylight (laughs) or, like, all the other kind of, like, issues that you have to deal with. It's a lot of technical problems and a lot of issues, right? So. Uh, You're taking on a big challenge, which is kind of refreshing.
0: It's, I love it. Honestly, it's hard work. You know, you don't sleep. You, you, in my case, sometimes I forget to eat, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it becomes all consuming. And I love being in that tunnel of making the thing. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. (laughs)
1: Yo, that was Liz Whitmer. Her horror short, Cold, is screening at Blood in the Snow Film Festival. I'm your host, Sammy, and this is my summer lair. We talked a little bit about this in the conversation we had, but Blood in the Snow is an imaginative showcase of contemporary Canadian horror genre and underground cinema. It is a fun time and 100% completely, totally, honestly, fully pants worthy so if you're around downtown toronto do check it out and i know if you're not from that world horror fans this is sometimes it's hard for people to grasp but horror fans are some of the coolest and funnest people you'll meet often with a lot of horror the sun does eventually come up and it banishes the darkness so there's an electric third rail of hope that powers many scary movies And speaking of hope and fun and scary movies, what did you think of this conversation? My summer layer is the spark. It's a fun first date and we can continue the conversation at My Pal Sammy, a weekly Substack newsletter. Often, for many of these episodes, I expand on some of the themes or ideas myself and the guests have kicked around. There's way more depth and more puns and more sarcasm, plus a variety of TV, movie, and even book recommendations. You can hit stop and go on your way right now if you want. It's a little cold. See what I did there? Puns. But if you do, thank you so much for listening. However, I'm absolutely certain that some of the experiences Liz talked about connected emotionally, so we should get into it. There's more to say and more to talk about. So please, sign up today. Sign up right now. Google my pal Sammy, Substack. Google my pal Sammy, Substack, or Visit mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. Sign up right now because there is a lot more that we can talk about. And I can do my best to kind of reduce some of the puns. Thank you for listening to me in a Netflix world. Cold, yo.